Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Happy Halloweeny! With a very special Halloween episode, we'll be discussing the uh, horror classic, Halloween 3. Yeah, make sure you put that question mark on there. Right? Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Not to be confused with all the other seasons of the witch out there. Okay, just be advised. This is Halloween 3. So go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter at T at T podcast TW die. Email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at gmail.com. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And Aaron, what is your personal private Twitter account? The cult of Aaron. Be join the cult. <laughs> 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 have I you had get... a lot of new cult members lately. <laughs> Here, what's the story? Uh, all you have to do to join the cult is hand over your credit card number and accept Uh-oh. me as your leader. That's that's it. That's, well, that's it. good to know. Good <laughs> to know. But there are so few rules compared to like Christianity or Islam. <laughs> Jesus. All you have to do. Give me money. Boom. That's all you got to do. Is that too much to ask? That that seems simple enough. Uh, anywho, so <laughs> we were talking. I'm like, it is Halloween season. It is October, so we should maybe we do a Halloween movie. However, we just did Friday the Thirteenth not long ago, and Michael Myers is a little too similar yeah. to uh, Jason Voorhees. But luckily, Halloween three has nothing to do with michael myers not even a little bit so lucky or unluckily that's that is the question so aaron give us the the five second tour of halloween three season of the witch all right here's season of the witch small town uh it it, live we're living in a world where halloween only has three masks uh (laughs) and, and the same damn commercial Anyway, all the children want one of these three rubber masks. No other costumes. Or perhaps you just wear that mask and put on like a a clown costume. I don't know. Three masks. That's all the world has to offer. Uh, When they discover mysterious things start happening, people die before they die they confess strange things are happening uh labels have microchips uh cut to uh plot revealed like it's a bond villain ah mr bond i can confess my whole crime and a diabolical plan to you for you will soon die uh, as we turn out, uh, it turns out that uh, the owner of the novelty mask company is a crazy Scotch Irish dude, whatever, who in league with himself <laughs> wants to bring back the ancient uh, holiday sacrifice of what is it, Samwa, Sarin, whatever the Celts <laughs> used to celebrate. Sawin. Sawin. So he stole one of the rocks from Stonehenge, which is no simple feat. And apparently, he'll tell you. Yeah, (laughs) you won't believe how we did it. But I'm not going to ever tell you. We're not going to (laughs) actually deal with that because the writers couldn't come up with anything plausible. Exactly. So even a grain of sand, as they're burrowing little holes in it uh, with a microchip, is very powerful. Basically, the whole thing is we're going to kill all the children as this great sacrifice. We're not really sure what he gets out of that. Right. Uh, But uh, needless to say, it all didn't quite work out the end. (laughs) How's that? Would you say this movie is violently anti-Irish? Because I was personally offended. It it was a a little Irish racist. Little Irish but, racist, but you know it wasn't Irish enough. I had to go Google where where they filmed this. They filmed it near my old college town and and a few other random spots. Well, I was laughing because it takes place in Northern California. Yes, whatever that means. Okay, yeah. that's so that narrows it down to about five hundred miles. But okay, and then uh, it says, <laughs> "I love the opening credits." It's like Northern California, October. Do, do. It's, and then it says October. And I'm like, 
This is a Halloween movie, so I, I might have guessed, right? Yeah, we, we so might have guessed it wasn't going to be July July Fourth. Don't don't. Good times. My okay, so this dude shows up clutching a Halloween mask, this rubber mask, and the, he makes his way to the hospital, where he's promptly killed by some dude in a business suit wearing black gloves, who. For some reason, as we later find out, he's like wiping his gloves on the curtain. It's like, <laughs> what? Okay, spoiler alert the crazy Irish uh, mastermind behind the scheme basically employs an army of robots who look very human like. So, it's the, so this guy's wiping his bloody gloves on the, on the curtain. Are, are you concerned about germs, big guy? What, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the issue there? So anyway, uh, he can I, can I just jump in here? First of all, he kills the dude in the hospital by, yep. and it's always these bizarre and elaborate ways. Nobody, you can't just like crush someone's skull or or stab them. We have to take two gloved fingers and cram them in their eyes. And I cried bullshit, so I immediately picked up my phone and sent a message to my my friend Rhonda, who's like a nurse doctor in Iowa, and I said, Rhonda. I'm asking you a, a professional question here. Can I kill someone by cramming my fingers into their eyes? Isn't there like a bone that protects the eye, between the eyeball and the brain? And bless you, Rhonda Vardy, party hardy Vardy, as we used to call her. Uh, she immediately got back to me and uh, told me, she says, no. She says, you can root around in there and for sure make them blind. But your fingers are not long enough to do that kind of damage that causes you to drop dead. She said uh, you, it's potentially you could bleed to death, but just doing the, the Three Stooges eye gouge is not going to cause you to drop to the floor dead as a doorknob. And she would know because Iowa is the eye gouge capital of the nation. <laughs> Well, you know, so. there's not a lot to do in Iowa. There's right. corn. There's guarding those, like, silos where the CBM missiles are. And there's uh, boys doing tomfoolery. Before uh, the old man gets his eyes gouged out, he whispers to the doctor and the entire hospital staff, they're all going to kill us. They're going to kill us all. Something along those lines. Yeah, I don't know about you, but if I show up at the emergency room shouting that, where am I going? Am I going to go meet the president and the national security agencies, or am I going to the padded room? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I mean, I don't think the, the police show up moments later. I don't think anybody mentions this to the police. So the police are like, ah, well, probably just the work of uh, drug addicts or whatever. Meanwhile, the, the business suit dude who killed him immediately goes out to the car and lights himself on fire with a, with a gasoline can. Boom. Yeah, they're like, hey, dude. Oh. You, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so now the doctor, a guy named Daniel Chalice, played by veteran horror actor Tom Atkins, decides, I know I'm just a doctor with no detective background. I'm going to investigate. I'm going to take some time off from work. I'm going to, you know, I know it's Halloween. I'm not going to spend any time with my, uh, my children or with my uh, divorced uh, wife, and she's angry with me. Yeah, I'm going to be gone. I, I, I can't imagine why she's so angry. Between his <laughs> drinking, his whoring around, and his humpback, forget it. <laughs> the best thing is they, they're working hard to tell us two things. A, he's a stone-cold alcoholic. Every scene, he's grabbing a six-pack. He's drinking out of a bottle of, uh, of Jack. He's got a flask. And every chick is dying to get in his pants. Every oh, woman he so meets is, you know, it's the, the assistant coroner is like, hey, are we getting together? The old nurse is like, hey, you don't want any of this, big boy? I mean, <laughs> and then, of course, the... Uh, the daughter of the man who was murdered shows up. Again, no one goes to the police. They're like, let us handle this. We we'll got this. take care of this. The I got me an old-looking, weird, blonde man yep. who they felt was important to be completely nude at one point in yep. the movie. I'm like, not, not the women, which is, nope. uh, I don't know if this is just the rise of feminism, but if that's feminism, I say we're, we're going to have to shut that down because... I did not need to see him naked at all. Well, or he's 
And I didn't need to see him sucking on her boob like he was a starving <laughs> infant. That that caused me a little barf reflex. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, for a number of reasons. Number one, he he is at least fifty five years old if he's a day. The daughter is is probably seventeen and a half. It's hard after to say. They, no, after they have sex, he's like, "How old are you anyway?" I'm like, <laughs> I think the time for that question has passed. <laughs> You better just ho- ho- hope she has the right answer and a proper ID. No question. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. He was basically a trendsetter. Before Mel Gibson was doing his butt in the moonlight walks, oh. here was Tom Atkins. Getting, Tom, getting full Tom. zoom in on his butt. Very oh. upsetting. But he, a- he has clearly some kind of curvature of the spine. He should have had a brace at his uh, growing up time. Oh, <laughs> It couldn't hurt. No, he, he goes and visits his ex-wife and visits his children, and he gets called to the <laughs> to the hospital, and his wife's like, oh, that's great, drinking and doctoring. It's like, so <laughs> he's going to go presumably to, to operate, and he's obviously uh, half in the bag. So that's good. And she's not concerned enough that maybe we should talk to someone about that. Right. Her, her drunken, shaky hand, alcoholic, Lothario husband. That's yeah. correct. So later, he's actually, we see him in a bar by himself, taking drinks and watching cartoons, which means, again, <laughs> raving alcoholic. And then, and crazy is, is then we see an ad. It's like this Halloween, stay tuned for the, the crazy commercial for Silver Shamrock, who's making all of these, uh, these crazy masks. It'll be after the showing of Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh-huh. They're it was plugging like, the okay. hell out of Halloween. Yeah, just because, okay, just because this is the third movie in the Halloween series, and we've already established Michael Myers, and for some godforsaken reason, this is a totally unrelated story. We want to still have that callback. Please, there is some relation. They are connected. We don't know how. Yeah. Except for the name Halloween. And yep. that it takes place on Halloween. John Carpenter is involved. So, you know, he's just lying in his own pockets at that point. Yeah, he's like the producer, which means he just signs, writes the, uh, or happily accepts the checks, basically. And this song is like a freaking earworm. Yeah. I, it's still in my head since yesterday. It's just like, yes. uh, it, it was like that, uh, that uh, curb your enthusiasm with the crazy nanny who used to work at, at, at an amusement park. And the song just starts playing over and over and over in her head. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, they said that they took the music for London Bridges falling down because it yeah. was in the uh, public domain. So, good. Money well spent. Um, so they figure out there may be some connection because, okay, her father who was killed basically had like a novelty store. And about this time, he always got Halloween masks from this company in Northern California, Silver Shamrock. So she thinks maybe there's a connection there. So that's right. (laughs) That must be why his shipment of Halloween masks. Must have drove him insane. So yes. let's go there. Let's not call the highway patrol no. or anything else. It must have something to do with the delivery of Halloween masks. <laughs> oh, I love it. So they, <laughs> again, he grabs a six pack for the road <laughs> and they, uh, <laughs> they drive on up to the mythical town in Northern California called Santa Mira. Um, they pull in, and literally, it's like a record scratching at that bar in Animal House. Everyone stops what they're doing and looks at them. Like, people are, like, looking out the window, staring at them. And they say, like, go out of, way of their way to say, like, well, this dude, Connell Cochran, came from Ireland after World War II, bought this town, set up his factory. And so it's like this hidden Irish community where everyone still speaks with Irish accents. I've been here since World War II, and I still speak like this. Anywho, basically, my question to you is, are all the regular people, quote unquote, are they also robots? Well, there is a good question. You think if they were, well, one, if they're all robots, why would they need to make an announcement about a six o'clock curfew? That's true. Jamie Lee Curtis, uncredited, by the way. 
Oh, I wasn't even paying any damn attention. I'm a, I must have been. I was trying to get the perfect cat's eye while I was watching this, so maybe oh, I missed perfect. that. Good. Uh, and, and half the kids in town. So the kids robots too. It's hard to say because it seems like the businessmen robots don't speak. It seems like it, right? Right, but there were other people speaking. Yes, there were other people speaking. So maybe they're just Irish people. Irish people. It's possible. But it was not filmed in Ireland. It was not filmed in Ireland, as far as I know. Um, Oh, sweet Jesus. So they they pull into... And and why are all the robots dressed in suits? I mean, I know it's like the 80s and all that, but... They're yuppies. Are they yuppie robots? They're executive robots? I mean, it's a factory so why couldn't they be coverall robots? Or is it a status thing? And why do they wear gloves? Because he cannot perfect the perfect fingernail. Is that what it is? Perhaps. That's, that's my theory. Presumably they don't have fingerprints, right? So is it correct? And he was very, like I said, he was very concerned. Like, I got blood all over my my fancy isotonic gloves. I better rub them off on this curtain while the nurse comes in screaming. We don't see female robots, nope. at least as far as we know. Well, there was we the one knitting see... robot. Yeah, but the... from, from uh, what did they say, uh, 1301 or whatever. You're right, so, right. So, so it's before, pre-Renaissance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we don't see any nude robots. Thank Jesus for that, at least. <laughs> um, so <laughs> they pull into the crazy little uh, gas station slash motel. And they get a room, and uh, what's her name? Ellie and Daniel, who are like, okay, we have to keep the same room because we're pretending to be a, like a happily married honeymooning couple or something like that. And they're like, okay, we got, we have one room. Hey, you know what? Now I, I'm kind of feeling you, big guy. Is, is that uh, is that brute you're wearing? Is that English leather? Let's let's get in the sack. Five seconds. Of, they're like, okay, cool. We can we can wait. Our, our investigation can wait a little longer. Let's uh, let's hit the sack. His creepy body must emit some kind of uh, diabolical pheromones that no woman can control. Yeah, pretty oh much. No woman. No, no woman. woman. It's like literally he's like, hey, uh, maybe we should get two rooms. She's like, well, that would be suspicious. He's like, well, I don't want to sleep on the floor. Maybe I'll sleep in my car. And she stops can, and turns and to him. she's like, so you can sleep inside of me. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much it's so disgusting yeah it's, it's that's just pillow talk baby <laughs> so um okay so but meanwhile two other people or two other groups of people arrive at the same crazy hotel this woman whose name was mrs gutman i believe yeah she, marge marge gutman pulls in because her order got screwed up so she has to go talk to uh the people at the factory well the crazy shamrock tab fell off one of the masks and right. she's very she doesn't like that for some reason because she and was then, literally coming to pick up just her order for her kids right i don't i think she ran, ran a shop in san francisco i thought she said something about her kids all right continue well, on it's, it's neither here nor there meanwhile another group arrives it's the cupfers who are from san diego and i guess he was the top seller of crazy masks what since the beginning of the month yeah. Anyway, for the last 30 days, <laughs> for, the, for the last two weeks, it's like nice work. <laughs> so he's he's him and his family have been awarded like a tour of the factory. OK, so you're going to drive the San most Diego. boring damn tour. I'm going to drive 10 hours up yeah. for the 30 second tour. Exactly. So Marge looks at the crazy little tab and discovers it's like a microchip on the back so she for some reason is like this is strange and she pulls like a hairpin out starts poking at it and a laser shoots out of the microchip for some reason and gets her right in the face which is not a pretty picture let me tell you and then what like a a crazy uh cricket crawls out of her mouth it was one of those creepy jerusalem crickets that we have around here they look freaking prehistoric yeah so my confusion is because uh, later on, we're going to see more nastiness, but it more, yeah. it involves like the masks. So yes. I'm like, is the mask embedded full of bugs and snakes? Or does the, the laser light, as we learn, 
contains cr- particles of Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> causes the spontaneous generation of Jerusalem crickets. And I don't know what was going on in her sheets under the bed. Don't the bed. ask. Don't ask. It, it made no damn sense. At one point, I know that they uh, they talked to the director and says... What does the ancient holiday of Samhain have to do with robots and microchips that shoot lasers and sometimes bugs and snakes? The director says, hey, it's magic, man. It's, it's magic. Ma- oh, my God. It was the, he was already on the cocaine. He was, he Pretty was, much. It, he was already full into the 80s mode because didn't St. Patrick drive the snakes out of Ireland? So he what did. Do sna- what do rattlesnakes have to do with the Irish. Little known fact that cows. rattlesnakes were originally from Ireland. That's right. The Irish brought them over with their, <laughs> their drunkenness and debauchery and Catholicism. There we that go. That is correct. So, middle of the night, you know, the coroner arrives and scoops up Miss Gutman. And of course, Daniel and Allie come running out to find out what's going on. He's like, hey, I'm a doctor. I can help. They're like, uh, that's okay, big guy. Uh, stand back. Uh, we're gonna take him over uh, to the hospital. Uh, no, to our factory. Uh, okay. Th- thanks for nothing. So, <laughs> something's fishy. They're starting to figure out something's wrong going on here. Oh yeah, something's fishy because I wrote Halloween three season of the witch. My very first note is, what the hell is happening? <laughs> I could have so written that note fish- many times. <laughs> just over and over and over. Like yes. the ring. Instead of a circle, we're just writing what is happening. Yeah, what like the shining, happening. basically. <laughs> I could have just been got out my typewriter. There's a lot of that. Number oh. one question is who's the witch? Yeah, I kept saying, where are the witches? The witches, <laughs> like the Raw Doll story. Children smell yeah. like poop. Where are the witches? There are new witches in this, sadly. They're druids, apparently. But no witches. Season Something of like the Druid. That. Halloween 6 is Season of the Druid. So, uh, Allie and Daniel go to the factory the next day. And, of course, coincidentally, the Cupfers, the uh, prize winners from San Diego, are there as well. And Mr. Cupfer, Buddy Cupfer Sr., is such a friendly guy, he invites Daniel and Ellie on the tour as well. At this point, we learn that Connell Cochran, the old man who runs the factory, made his money from novelties and stuff. You remember his big hits, the sticky toilet paper, the dead dwarf guy, and the soft <laughs> chainsaw. This is the dead dwarf prank. That sounds horrific. <laughs> I really wish they had that in a bag so we could actually look at that. <laughs> we, oh, I, I'm going to divert, divert for a second. Please. There used to be this joke store in Eureka that we would go to occasionally. And it was like a little old man that ran it. It was always closed. You had to bang on the door until he came out of his house to unlock the shop. And it would literally had every novelty you could ever imagine. From jokes to diapers with fake poop. Those exploding loads you put in people's cigarettes and then it explodes and blows off half the cigarettes set in shrapnel ever, all the way to like bachelorette uh, novelties. I oh, really? Like, this is the greatest store ever. We used to spend so much money there. So I'm assuming now that that old man that ran the joke shop is in fact a druid. It could be. How is this selection of uh, dead dwarf pranks is what I want to know. I was gonna, if anyone has the dead dwarf prank, it'll be the old man at the little red store in Eureka. Boom. Pretty much. So while they're on the, the crazy tour, uh, you discover that Kyle Cochran also has like an affinity for kind of these clockwork toys and games and things like that. So that kind of is a little... That's your, that's, yeah, that's your little foreshadowing. Oh, oh it uh, all makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh, they also discover uh, Ellie's father's car is not not particularly hidden in one of their garages. It has like a tarp that covers like half of it. That's yeah, my, all that's the my robots dad's car. I have led a path and are standing all around it. And the car is completely covered except for the back half, which is sticking out. Right. Ah, interesting. Well hidden. And, and the robots again, are not very smart. No. Again, the robots, I mean, they basically look like people. They look like people wearing business suits and black leather gloves all the time. 
and they, they kind of look, look like at Sipowitz. you. They all look like Sipowitz. They do not look like Sipowitz. <laughs> they do not look like Dennis Franz even a little bit. <laughs> they do not look like good 80s. They look like either Sipowitz or oh, from Jesus. that... That's Hill Street Pink, Blues? No, from the Pink Floyd album. It, the, is that Wish You Were Here where they're shaking the hands and one dude's on fire? That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like? Okay. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> so the next day, uh, they we, can, we, we haven't go. had any simple ways to references yet. <laughs> so we've been doing the listeners a grave disservice. Oh, sweet Jesus. So Ellie gets kidnapped by the robots and uh, crazy uh, Daniel has to break into the factory remarkably easily, I might say. I mean, he's like, he is like James Bond. He's like climbing fences and sliding through windows. And he... He gets into a fight with one of the robots, and this is when the grand reveal occurs. We've already seen the robots literally rip a guy's head off with just their bare hands. So they're very strong. He's able to beat this one dude by punching them in the stomach, and I guess his hand just goes right in and pulls out some wires, and it's like some uh, orange juice from concentrate squirts out of the guy's stomach. little tang, some of it squirts out of his mouth. Oh, they're yeah. robots. Fragile. So fragile. Why do we even need to be afraid now? And right. frankly, how did he get in that factory so fast? Because there's literally 80s cameras everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. But but no locks on the door? Is that how it works? Not or so much. They, or did they want him to get in there? Was it a trap? No. Well, no, it wasn't. doesn't seem so, but it just seems <laughs> that his plan, his plan was so ill-conceived that it became a trap of its own uh, devising. <laughs> so they grab him, and like you said, he's Connell Cochran is basically a James Bond, Bond villain who walks him around and explains his entire plan about how 2,000 years ago or whatever, the Celts used to sacrifice children on Halloween, essentially, and he wants to bring back that old tradition, evidently. And they stole... <laughs> One of the, the hinges, one of the hinges from Stonehenge and are chipping away little uh, particles of it and putting it on their crazy uh, microchips and microchips are attached to these masks. You've got oh, a pumpkin. Maybe in lieu of silicone, you know, you need silicone to make chips. So maybe exactly. it's special stonicone or whatever. So you have your choice of a pumpkin mask, a skull mask. Or a Wicked Witch mask. So there you go. Maybe that's the witch in the season of the witch. Um, and you discover that the Cupfers were brought, and not because they were prize winners or whatever. They're actually guinea pigs. We're, we're going to show you the commercial that the kids are all going to see at 9 o'clock on Halloween to the Cupfers. Because it's a Buddy Sr., his wife, and then Buddy Jr., the annoying kid who flips off his parents earlier in the movie. And they put them in this room to simulate, like, I don't know, like a uh, family room or something. There's, like, a couch. There's a TV. So, they so put... may I clarify? Please so, clarify. So, it is the day before Halloween or, or Halloween morning, and they're testing it now? <laughs> is that it? Okay. It, it, it would seem to be the case. Interesting choices. Interesting now, choices. Now, if you put it like that, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Um, so they put him in there. They put like a Halloween mask on the little boy and then they play the commercial or like the, because you know, they've been telling kids all week, tune in at nine o'clock on Halloween to watch the special, you know, Halloween giveaway. Right. So it's like a flashing pumpkin appears on the screen sing, and little sing the song. <laughs> Have a happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Have a happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock. That's it. So he starts having an episode on the floor, grabbing his head, and then slumps over, and then immediately just crickets just pour out of this kid's eye hole. And then rattlesnakes. The latex mask is rotten and falls off in chunks. Yeah, and then these snakes and bugs crawl out of the kid's head. The mom passes out or faints, and then I guess she's just dead from that. She had a weak heart. We didn't That's know right. about it. She, had, she the, got the vapors. 
the dad does not seem to care about his wife or his child even a little bit. No. He, he jumps just, up, me out. goes get right for the door. Door, of course, is locked. He's like, no, and he gets bit by a rattlesnake, and that's the end of, that's the end of old uh, Big Buddy Kupfer. So uh, Daniel watches the scene. He's very, he's very upset by it. And they chain him up in a room. Not a chain, sorry. More of like a, I don't know, fabric strap, a no, seatbelt of some seat, sort. It was seatbelt uh, yeah. material. It was very, very bizarre. If it was a uh, a chain, then the story might have ended a little differently. Yeah. So they also showed him on the view screen. They're like, "Oh, and here's uh, here's Ellie tied up on a table in another room as well." Just just for your information, basically. So they put a mask on Daniel, and then they set up the TV so that when it goes down, he will be watching it just like millions of children all over the country. And the crickets and rattlesnakes will crawl out of his face. Exactly. So somehow he's able to free himself. He kicks the TV, pulls a shard, and cuts himself loose. Yeah, he throws right, his mask just out, of, like right out of one of the crappier Bond movies. Yeah. Oh no, Mister Bond, I expect you to die. Exactly. So allow me to let you watch TV. You can't just shoot someone and then they're dead. Exactly. We got to have this elaborate nonsense. Yeah. And and what the hell? Uh, I'm going to kick the TV. I'm in a rolling chair so I could scoot anywhere around the room. Yeah. He could have just turned his back to it. Yeah. Uh, and so he kicks the TV screen and manages somehow, we don't see how, to grab a giant shard of glass. Yeah. Kids, this is before plasma and flat screen where there were just big hunks of glass and tubes. Cut, cut him out. He had the perfect throw. So the mass lands magically right over the screen like it made any difference because once they couldn't see through the the video they should have been on there anyway well they should have been on him anyway because he freed himself in front of the camera the entire time yeah his whole escape was on camera he <laughs> throws it up, he throws it up after he's already escaped so good good thinking he climbs out and uh, shitty robots shitty robots <laughs> he climbs out of the air shaft and rescues Ellie, and then he throws a bunch of those little shamrock tabs down on them, and then turns on, uh, sorry, down on top of all the robot scientists who seem to be working. Right. Um, and he goes up to one of the computers, hits a couple buttons to turn on the commercial, so it's playing in there. And he knew exactly how to do that, which knew was exactly. fascinating. Just <laughs> a random sequence of buttons yeah. to push. He figured out how to do it in such a way that they couldn't undo it. That was the double whammy, because they immediately came home and tried to hit buttons. Oh, we can't stop it. This is so it's strange. It's out of control. He's a wizard. He, he, maybe he's, he's the witch. The, witch. <laughs> the truth comes out. So <laughs> all of the robots slump over, or almost all of them. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, and then Connell Cochran, the old man, gets hit with a laser beam that shoots off the uh, the Stonehenge, and he disappears. Uh, so I guess everything's cool, right? So Ellie and Daniel jump in a car and try to drive away. But, of course, now we realize Ellie has not said anything since he unstrapped her from the table. He's like, hey. Uh, you mean hi. they haven't had sex in three seconds, so something must be wrong. That That is the signal. In this movie, that's a clear signal that something's wrong. Uh, Grand reveals she is also a robot. Now, can, can I can I ask you a question? You may. If she was a robot, why didn't she stop the factory from blowing up? Yeah, she could have stopped, jumped in at any time, and chose not to. Good times. So we don't know what happened to the real Ellie. We're assuming that she, you know, burned to death in the factory. Yeah, I'm guessing she exploded along with the rest of the factory. So very sad. So he kills. Yeah. He <laughs> he kills Ellie robot. Knocks her head off and her, rips and her arm off. kills the other uh, Ellie, too. <laughs> that was an accident. That was friendly fire. You know, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes stuff happens. So he pulls over to the neighborhood gas station because he's very cognizant that the commercial's still going out. Do, 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 do. Right. <laughs> Irrespective of the fact there are four different time zones in the United States, evidently it's all playing across the country at the exact same time. Um, so he gets on the phone to the gas station and who does he call? I don't know. Does he have a buddy at the, at the television station across the country? I don't know. He talks to somebody and says, okay, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. So a bunch of kids arrive. Somebody who controls programming That's from correct. 
All three networks. He knows somebody at the FCC, basically. Evidently. I'm not even sure uh, the FCC has a button that they can switch. It's not it's never explained. So some kids arrive trick-or-treating, they pull up, turn on the TV, and you see the commercial. Watch the watch the pumpkin kids. So he's he's calling, turn it off, turn it off. First one turns off. Kids quickly turn the channel. It's on another station. Evidently, it's on every station, which is not explained. I thought it was just supposed to be after the Halloween episode on, I don't know, the USA Network. Anyway, it's on the next station. There is no USA Network. This is 1982. There were still only 12 channels. So there you go. (laughs) Basically. So turn it off, turn it off, goes off the second one, right? They turn the channel again. Third channel. Okay, so now this is this is uh, CBS or something. No, now, I right? think it's ABC. I was trying to think who's the dickish channel, and I think it's ABC. So he's saying, turn it off, turn it off, get rid of the third one, but it's not going off. Turn it off. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop in it. The, in the name of God, how about just reach it over and turn it off so the kids in front of you don't melt? Right, right exactly. At least save these kids, if nothing else. He earlier tried to call his wife to tell him to take off the, the masks. You're just jealous. I hate you, you alcoholic. Click. Click. So his, his kids are long dead at this point. Yeah, he, um, he, he didn't want to drive over there, maybe, maybe say something, handle that biz? No. Clear, clearly not. So that's it cuts to the credits. And evidently, it's like okay, so we it doesn't sound good for the for the children of America, um, for the children evi- of the corn, <laughs> for the children of the corn. Evidently, like originally, you were supposed to hear the screams of millions of children, and that's how it was supposed to fade out. Yeah, good times. So uh, <laughs> let's go to interesting behind the scenes facts. Do you have any that you want to share? So many, my friends, so many. But most of I have written a lot of rambling notes about everybody looks like uh, Don Draper and is Don Draper in fact the witch. Uh, I wanted to know that. Uh, let's see here. Well, I thought one of the robots when I was a kid and saw this movie, I thought one of the robots was Bob Euchre from Mr. Belvedere. So there you go. <laughs> That's disturbing. I can't think <laughs> of who Mr. Belvedere is, and I can't think of who Bobby Euchre is. That's a bad situation for us all. So there you have it. Now, uh, funny but... enough, of the locations <laughs> yep. where it was shot, uh, all the ones in Lolita, I have been to many times. That uh, I believe it. I literally had to Google the factory again because I kept thinking, huh. I have been at that factory a thousand times in Lolita, California, south of Eureka, because the Lolita Cheese Factory is right across the street from there. So all those, uh, the, the, the sets of the hotels, that's Lolita. Mm-hmm. The, the factory is Lolita. The, you know, the Silver Shamrock Factory. I've been there like a bazillion times. The Long Island Lolita. Not the Long Island Lolita. <laughs> <laughs> but Lolita, nonetheless, it's very close to Ferndale, where they use that cemetery for um, uh, the the Salem's Lot. Yeah, they they film a lot of movies up here in Humboldt oh, I love County. It. Yeah, and now I'm looking, I'm thinking back. I remember my friend Lisa Mo telling me this is where they film Season of the Witch. I'm like, what? I don't know what that is. Stop telling me. <laughs> stop telling me stuff that I don't care about. <laughs> and, and random thoughts I had in my head. This is all very reminiscent of a- animatronics. So yep. is the head of Silver Shamrock, in fact, Disney? But there would be more Ooh. anti-Semitism in there, wouldn't it? Yeah, not well, just I anti-Irish. Didn't, I didn't see a lot of Jewish people in uh, this lovely town of where? What's the name of the town? Santa Mira. And tell me, Kevin, what are the 1,200 movies that take place in the fictional town of Santa Mira? Uh, not in, invasion of the body snatchers. Oh, okay, okay. Right? You're going to disappoint me there. The original, the original invasion of the body snatchers with uh, Kevin McCarthy. I don't know what else. What else was filmed there? All right. Uh, let's see here. Airwolf, Memoirs of an <laughs> Invisible Man, the 1992 movie. Yeah. Uh, a friend to die for. Uh, Dark Tower Seven. Ben Ten. Alien Force. Scream <laughs> of the Banshee. A lot of these are TV movies, uh-huh. and of course. Sharknado, but not the first one. Only Sharknado uh, 2, 3, and 4. Well, that explains it. That explains but I it. knew I heard that name before. For a while, I thought, uh, 
what was the name of the town? I mean, it's Santa Cruz, but Santa was... Carla. Santa Carla oh, was Santa Lost Boys. Carla. Yeah, but it must have been Invasion of the Body Snatchers that I. That was the I big was like, one. Yeah, because I was like Santa Mira. I've heard that before. Is that a real place? No. Is that a, is that a real place? <laughs> That's how we talk here in the Bakersfield. You know, we're an island now in Bakersfield because the I-5, uh, I-5 is on fire and California is doing their yearly uh, inferno. So right now oh, good. we're trapped. You have that to look forward north. to. It's coming down. I'm sure it's on its way to Irvine right <laughs> to, now. To Santa Mira. Um, <laughs> so I told you earlier that Jamie Lee Curtis was the voice of the uh, intercom operator. Curfew is at 6 o'clock. Please return to your homes. Yeah, dr- why is there a curfew? They never explain that. Who knows? They don't want people out roaming the streets. Some crazy old homeless hobo got his head ripped off for hanging around outside out uh, drinking uh, a bottle of rock gut. So just don't do it. Just don't do it. So, uh, but also the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, was the voice in the commercials for Silver Shamrock. See, that's gonna be in my damn head forever. I don't think he sang the song. I think he was just like, "Hey, boys hey, and girls, yeah. just eight more days. Get your crazy Halloween mask." Anyway, uh, like we said earlier, they had made John Carpenter made the first Halloween movie, and it was a huge success. It was like the most successful independent movie of all time. And the kind of financiers wanted to make the second one. So they made Halloween two kind of begrudgingly. And then Carpenter said, I'm out unless we decide to make it more of an anthology series where each Halloween will release a new Halloween movie that tells a different kind of, I don't know, a scary story, kind of a twilight zone kind of thing. So that's what they were going for with Halloween three season of the witch. However, it was a total bomb. And about that time, Jason Voorhees was killing campers. So they said, you know what? We'll just bring Michael Myers back and call it even. And that's what they did ever since. So good yeah. times. After, after this debacle, Carpenter said, deuces, people, deuces. Yeah, he bailed. He said, and, I, I'm good. And frankly, this is not the one that would have uh, in, induced me into watching another Halloween. That's for dang sure. Yep. Uh, if you want to see an a good anthology series, then of course you need to watch American Horror Story. They're doing it right over there, right? <laughs> what's what's the dude's name who does that? Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy. Yep. He can call me up, and I will be uh, a zombie. I'll be lady on the bus. Whatever. Put me up because I love me some American horror. I look forward to it. Yeah, so please please call us up because we know they're having such trouble finding actors for their show. I know. Nobody wants to be to be on there with Jessica Lang, but I love it. It's so disturbing. Although this season's not so disturbing, but it ain't over yet. Now I love it. <laughs> sweet Jesus. This movie starred Tom Atkins, like I said, horror uh, patron saint. He was in the fog. He was in yes. Escape from New York. He was in uh, Night of the Creeps. He was in several other. The fog, based films. on a Stephen King short story. No, not even. There was a Stephen King story called The Mist, oh, which tells it. an entirely different story. Shut your mouth! Stop <laughs> your lies, Kevin. Are you sure about that? I, I'm very certain. Uh, I'm going to the internet because I think you're a damn dirty liar. Please do it. Um, now the crazy uh, robot that uh, Daniel kills is a stuntman named Dick Warlock who actually played Michael Myers in Michael My- in uh, Halloween Part 2. So there you go. They brought him back to play a totally unrelated role. And in retrospect, he's not that big of a guy. He looks smaller than, uh, than Tom Atkins. So, okay. Good All times. Right. I'm, falling on, I'm falling on my sword. You may Please be, do. You may be correct. Uh, maybe. It, it hurts me to say this, but you may be correct. <laughs> Now, if you've seen Halloween lately, <laughs> one of Jamie Lee Curtis's friends uh, actually appears in this movie playing uh, Daniel's ex-wife. Linda uh, played uh, like the high school friend role in Halloween and Halloween 2. I'm trying to remember what her character's name was. Uh, her name in Halloween was Annie. 
And she was actually in The Fog. She was in Assault on Precinct 13. She's basically in every John Carpenter movie. Yeah, there's a big crossover. Didn't the cast of this basically just roll over to do The Fog? Isn't that what I read? Pretty much. Could be. Now, the woman who gets her face melted off with a laser is actually, was actually Tom Atkins' wife at the time. And like I said, Linda, his, the woman who plays his ex-wife, is actually married to the director again at the time. So it's a small world. Mm-hmm. Um, any other interesting facts? None that I can think of. I just had um, one weird question about back to the story. When, yep. when, when it's uh, he's battling his girlfriend robot at the yep. end there. Yeah. Is is all parts of the robot an autonomous thinking creature? How does the severed hand know to attack him? Um, oh, that, that was the funniest how scene. The, how does the body with no head see him and chase after him? Well, it's, he picks up the arm and is literally holding it to his own throat. Okay, it's, it's just an arm. Okay, <laughs> if it, the moment it lets go, you can throw it away or let it drop it. You don't have to keep it <laughs> at your throat. Think. Well, he like to hold his hands uh, with his girlfriend. Oh, oh Lord. Sweet it was, Jesus. It, it was nonsensical. Oh, good times. Uh, a couple funny quotes that I saw are interesting quotes. Kyle Cochran says, I do love a good joke. And this is the best ever. A joke on the children. <laughs> good times. And another quote that they mentioned, I love this on IMDb, is it's just, I'm getting, it's getting late. I could use a drink. It's one of the... Oh, my God. It's one of the, I, guess gotta, I guess IMDb's got to find something. Yeah, well, pretty much. Know. Well, I think it really showed what the what was important to this character. Another line, so when they're driving to Santa Mira, and he talks about how Santa Mira was, was founded by the Irish or whatever, Ellie goes, Irish Halloween masks? And Daniel says, in California, you never know. Oh, my God. What does yeah, that, that even mean? So... <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I, I have Give no him. idea what that means. What does that mean? I mean, Irish Irish Halloween masks in California, you never know. You know, and California mind, is so wacky and crazy. What and the these hell? characters are from California. Yeah. So what the hell does that mean? Anyway, any any uh, last thoughts or feelings? I'll tell you, this movie is not scary. It, but <laughs> I don't understand how it's become like a big cult following. Because it's so bizarre. It is so, it's like, who could have possibly come up with this? Well, it was like the original writer had had an idea. And then John Carpenter took the script and he kind of futz with it. Then the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, he changed it to the point where the first writer was like, take my name off this POS. He's like, I'm out. I'm out. So I can't explain it. It's It's bizarre. In my mind, this is what's happening. I, I believe that they had uh, like a, a brief idea. They hold up over at like the Beverly Hills Hotel, one of those bungalows, and just sat like five dudes drinking and doing cocaine. Come out, and what if we did this? And what if they did that? Ooh, put that down. It's like like a scene out of crazy. What, what's the porn movie that I like? <laughs> That's a question I will not be answering right now. No, Thank one, you very uh, much. The the, the 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 one about the boogie nights. It, it's like like <laughs> one of those damn boogie night things where they're running around. Yeah, and then we'll do this, and then we'll do that. Like Marky Mark came up with this shit. Oh sweet Jesus! Oh, there's one thing I forgot to talk about. So there's the the feisty assistant corner that he keeps talking to on the phone, and she's like digging through the remains because remember earlier in the movie the robot set himself in fire and the car blew up. So she's digging through the remains and they can't find any human remains. Right. All they find are like, I don't know, gears and, and springs and things like that. And the doctor, Daniel Chalice, he, he calls her and he's just like, hey, would you investigate X, Y, and Z? Again, like he's a detective and like she's his, what, his assistant? She's yes. like, I got a full-time job, but now I'm investigating this thing. Later, a crazy robot arrives and pulls a power drill out of a drawer. He knew right where it was. Why is there a power drill in a drawer <laughs> in the coroner's office? Why, are... <laughs> why, 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 why? 
Why so, is it they appear to not know each other, uh, whatever the Lothario is and the doctor, at, at the first phone call? And by the end, they're practically making uh, plans what, how they're going to sleep together. And honey, get me a cup of coffee uh, on yeah. the way while you do all this work. Exactly. And I'm just a random dude calling in. Again, I have he's no a doctor. He's a doctor at the local hospital. Evidently, there are, have been a thousand patients who've died while he's been off investigating things on his own time. So and probably a thousand while he was on staff. Because <laughs> of all he's, his drinking. Maybe, maybe he's the angel of death. I don't know. Could be. Maybe he saved lives by just not going in. Who knows at this stage oh, of the yeah, game. Oh, yeah. And then not only is she the coroner, but now she's like chasing down phone uh, uh, license plates and look this up for me <laughs> and do this for me. I'd be like, who the hell are you? You are not paying my bills. Exactly. Yeah. Good yeah. times. No so rhyme, no reason. <laughs> I still will go to the mat for this. I think it's hilarious. I, I, I enjoy it. I don't hear you going to the mat. Well, I'm not saying it makes sense. And I'm not <laughs> saying it's particularly scary. <laughs> but it is so bizarre that I can't help but, but find it thoroughly entertaining. As long as you come into it with, with the right point of view, that it's, that it's uh, unmitigated nonsense, all then, right. then you're all on board. And again, don't mix this up with the other uh, Season of the Witch movies. More recently, uh, there was the Nicolas Cage Season of the Witch. Is there a witch in that one? Oh, <laughs> uh, there might be. You There's didn't actually, say it. There... I thought you were hardcore Nick Cage. There was also in 1972. I, see you skipped over that. I am skipping on. If Nick Cage was in it, it would be even better. I'll tell you what. Uh, there was a 1972 season of The Witch, uh, which I know nothing about. So good times. So thank you for joining us. Don't forget to go to, go to our uh, page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter, T Podcast TW Die. Email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at gmail.com. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Someone and just asked me if we're on Stitcher. Are we on Stitcher? We are not on Stitcher at the moment. Oh. We are on Google Podcasts and several other lesser known, but we are not on Stitcher as of yet. I think Stitcher is kind of a paid service oftentimes. So, Well, I know Audible has podcasts too. So everybody, oh. everybody's trying to make us people paid for all the, our entertainment now. Well, there you have it. So <laughs> thank you very much. And be well. Happy Halloween. Don't be taken in by nonsense. This movie's bullshit.